This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast. My name is Kayla, and today I have one of my dear friends on here with me. We're doing our second podcast interview together on my channel, actually, but I'm really excited because we're going to be diving into psychic gifts and business and human design and tons of juicy things. So my friend who's joining me, she's a 1-3 sacral manifesting generator. Her name is Rachel Meads. She is a coaching facilitator for bold, brave, and brilliant leaders and a voice for for soul deep, sustainable success, fulfillment, and impact focused business. Juicy pleasure, prosperity, liberated expression, so much abundance. She focuses primarily on supporting leaders through embodiment, mindset, energetics, and soulful strategy. So Rachel, welcome back to my channel. And I'm <laughs> so excited to have you here and have this conversation because we always have the best conversations. Yes, dude. If, if my uh, bio doesn't indicate I'm a Manny Jen, then I don't know what. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> It's like, here's my multi-dimensional vibe. What's up? I'm yeah. excited to be here. Yeah, we had such a good conversation last time. And obviously, we're really good friends in person. And we always have really juicy conversations. So I'm stoked to have this going out to the to the the world it's gonna be great <laughs> I know oh my gosh I was trying to remember I meant to look it up but I totally forgot I think did we do our podcast interview it must have been last year like possibly yeah. around this time yeah, yeah I think it was around this time yep yeah so it's crazy because since then I have moved to Victoria so Rachel and I are in the same city now which is like I cannot stress enough how grateful I am to have like somebody who just gets me and I get you <laughs> we're in the coaching in the same city and it's like same time zone like so many juicy things and then you know I was blessed to go to Rachel's bachelorette weekend and I went to her wedding and then we went to Florida together which I feel like is an entire podcast episode yeah. in itself but yeah here we are so Rachel, I would love to start this conversation. Do you want to talk about how we went and did the tea leaf reading and how that kind of, I feel like this is like the essence of how we started to talk about like more about psychic gifts and, and business. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm super down. Okay. Okay. Amazing. So what happened was this was in May. Rachel and myself and a couple of girlfriends, we went up to Nanaimo on Vancouver Island. And there's this really cool tea house there called Calico Cat Tea House. And you can go there and they have like these really beautiful china cups and plates and you can get lunch there and you can get readings done from mediums and psychics and so on and so we went together and we each had a reading and it was so fucking powerful and we were crying and laughing and all the things and so rachel i would love if you can share what you got out of your reading and i'll, I'll share what i got out of mine and in terms of like the intuitive stuff that came up and whatever mm -hmm. you feel called to talk about because it this always comes back to business like we always mm -hmm. ended up talking about business after which i think was super powerful yeah, absolutely. Well, I think for starters, I want to share a little bit about my experience, like knowing that I have psychic abilities, because it wasn't like this tea leaf reading was like the first time that I was like, oh, yeah, like I'm psychic. It's been something that I have known about myself since I was a child. 
And I remember like I'll like give a little is it cool if I tell a little story? Is that fine? Oh, tell all the stories. And okay, I love cool. that you brought it back to like, let's go to the beginning. Cause I was like, let's just dive into it. So, yes. Yeah, let's talk about this. So I have like always known that I'm connected to my psychic gifts. And I think like the first like memory that I can consciously call upon where I like connected with this part of myself. And I'm sure there was many times before, but I was like probably like four years old. Like I was super, super young. And my grandpa, he was like my best friend. And we would oftentimes like walk to this little plaza, like around the corner from his house. And basically it was like getting dark out. So it was like still a little light out, but it was like, yeah, it was getting dark. And we walked to the plaza. We were going to, I think like one of, I think there was like a giant tiger there. It's like, I don't know if you're familiar with giant tiger. It's kind of like a mini target like but like I don't know anyways that's not really relevant but we were walking there and we get to the plaza and I see this man standing outside and like I just like literally like every part of my body was like this person like is not a good person and I mean obviously I could probably word that a little bit better but like they just there was something really fucking off about them and like I literally was four years old and like felt this so deeply in my body And I remember being like, something bad's going to happen. Like, I just knew something bad was going to happen. And I I think I even mentioned to my grandpa, like, I don't feel comfortable being around this man. And anyways, we went into the store. And by the time we came back out, there was cop cars everywhere arresting him. And so that was like the first like memory again, where I had this like conscious uh, recollection of having like clear knowing. And that's actually one of the most prominent psychic abilities that I've had my whole life is clear knowing. It's just like, I know what the fuck is going on when I'm around people. I can tune into things very, very easily. And that also for a long time in my life was really challenging. Like, because when I was younger, even in my teen years, like I didn't know how to channel this properly. And I dealt with a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression. I had a lot of things that I went through that were really, really challenging. And so I, I oftentimes would suppress these gifts because it was just too much. Like I didn't know what it was and, and psychic abilities run within my family. Like my sister's a medium. My mom oftentimes channels things within her dreams. My other sister, Ryan's very, very in touch with her clear knowing as well. Um, and same with my grandma, like we, like, it's not like it was never talked about, but it was definitely not something that I like was super embodied in consciously until I had my, like what I call like my spiritual awakening 10 years ago when I was 20 and I started to get basically rekindle my relationship with my spirituality. I was raised Catholic, left the church at 12 years old, considered myself to be a, like an atheist for like the majority of my teen years due to a lot of my challenges with my mental well-being and my emotional well-being and then yeah when I had my spiritual awakening when I was 20 I started to like create this beautiful connection with myself again and God and and you know and when I say God I mean like universe source whatever word resonates and anyways so I had been like kind of aware at this point that I was psychic and again the clear knowing thing was like the most prominent gift that I had But then I started to become very devoted to meditation and moving my body. And through these activities, I started to tap into like clear seeing and like mostly with my eyes closed. So I would notice that as I would be meditating, 
I would actually start channeling and I would start seeing things. And it was like that third eye started to become more open. And not only would I be like able to like potently manifest what I desired through this like clear seeing and this connection and this intention with the quantum field, but I would also like start connecting with other beings and I would start like going into other spaces. And I think for context too, like I'm, I've been, you know, using plant medicine and psychedelics now for many, many, many years. And I think that that also has been a bit of a component to me connecting with these parts of myself and not to say that you need to do psychedelics to connect with your abilities, but I know that that's a part of my journey too. Like, I think it really blasted open my third eye even more. And so I started to realize like, yeah, like when I have my eyes closed, I can see more clearly. And I even started to notice like when I, cause I've been in business now for five years and I like channel things for my clients. Like I can see like, very clearly what path is going to be really supportive and obviously i'm very very devote um embodied in sovereignty and so i don't like tell people what to do but i have this like clear idea of what may be the best timeline and then through you know coaching and facilitating and mentoring we oftentimes co-create something along those lines together and even with you kayla i remember months ago i was like i literally like channeled and could see your new branding. And I like remember coming to you and being like, so I don't, I don't know how to like tell you this because I don't want you to think your current branding is bad or anything, but I just have this like deep knowing that you need a like you're like you're a, on the verge of a rebrand and these are the colors and this is the vibe. And so again, I like do this with my clients in so many different ways. And it's even like when it comes to programs and things that are just like really drop into my body. And again, it's like this, this clear knowing and oftentimes there will be this visual component to it as well. And so how this kind of ties back into our tea leaf reading is some of the things she was saying to me were just like huge permission slips, right? Because we've actually talked about too, Kayla, like this is a huge part of me and my identity and how I support people. But I've oftentimes on an unconscious level, like I don't talk about it a lot. And I, and I don't really know, well, I shouldn't say I don't know. I think it is because there's like a part of me that is like, a, like I'm like, well, people think I'm fucking insane. Like, you know, and then that's like old conditioning. Cause obviously in our, current reality the types of people i'm around like people most almost everyone i know connects with these realms and like identifies with being intuitive but again there's that conditioning that i think sometimes shows up where i'm like ooh, i don't know if i'm going to talk about this so anyways at this tea leaf reading there were so many beautiful things that were said but she was even just like reflecting back to me like rachel your work not only changes lives but it saves it like literally saves lives and like i've feel that deeply like I definitely have had moments in my life that the things that I've even before I was a coach like I was doing a lot I <laughs> little like side story I because I really struggled with my mental health um and as I started to heal when I was like 18 years old I was like featured in like a newspaper local newspaper talking about mental health and then that newspaper article got produced in every newspaper across Canada and then I was interviewed on Canada AM and then I was interviewed by the tragically hip or not the tragically hip uh bare naked ladies vocalist on a radio show about mental health like and I think that like that like really was like yes like the things that like I've shared with people have probably in some way shape or form 
supported them in feeling seen, loved, heard, and felt. And then she started bringing up like, oh, you are very connected to like these psychic abilities and like you see more clearly with your eyes closed. Yeah. And I was like, yes. And she's like, but you don't really know like how to articulate what you do. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, like that's a big part of it. Like, I don't know how to give a voice to like how I do this and what it is. And she's like, have you ever like considered like looking into the Akashic records? Cause she's like, that's literally what you're doing, Rachel. And you just don't have a word for it yet. But if you start to like, even just read about the Akashic records. Like, she's like, you don't even need to study it because you're already doing it. She's like, but just get like a basic understanding of what you're doing so that when people are like, how do you do this? You're like, I'm reading your Akashic records. Like I'm in the records. And that was like, and I still, I still haven't read about it yet. But that was like a huge, like, oh, this is what I'm doing. And I didn't even know that that's what it was called. And so that's that's kind of like been really fascinating for me to be like oh i'm doing this thing and i just didn't have a word for it so i'll I'll pause there because i know i just like fucking word vomited like crazy <laughs> <laughs> no that was so good and i really love that you and i have kind of different stories to share and i'll talk about mine in a minute but i just love I love everything that you said. And just, I was actually like behind the scenes. I was like, I need to look at your human design chart. And I was looking and your cognition is smell. So like how you digest is through smell. But what I find interesting is that smell also has to do with the breath, right? Mm, So smelling is like, like, for example, like when you were with your grandfather and you went to that store, like you could literally smell like this person, like, you know, when something's good, when something's bad, like you could smell if something's foul or fresh, you know what I mean? And so it's so interesting that, especially because you think, oh, well, I can see, I can see things and feel things, but you say you see things with your eyes closed, but I bet you when you close your eyes and you start breathing, that's when you're able to process Yes, dude. And like, what's so fascinating is right now I'm in a year long breathwork facilitator training, as you know. And when I like, I hadn't like Justin, my partner or husband now, um, he's been doing, he's been like a breath worker for years now. And I always like enjoyed doing breath work, but I hadn't like thought about it becoming a modality that I used. And then I remember like, for whatever reason, at the beginning of, I think it was this, yeah, the beginning of this year, I just had this clear download of like, this is what you meant, you like, you need to bring this work into the world. Like this is, this is part of what you're here to do. And yeah, dude, like breath work is literally changing my life, like in so many ways. And so yeah, dude, that like really, really resonates. Cause yeah, it's like in order to smell, you need to breathe. So yes. So yes. Because when I was like, what is your cognition? Because I kind of have this little theory that I'm going to dive into in a minute. But mm-hmm. I looked, I'm like, oh, it's smell. And then I could just, the examples, you're like telling the story. And I was like, that makes sense. And then the breath work, I was like, again, you need to be able to breathe in order to like do breath work, obviously, which involves smelling. Like, it's just, I just thought that was so interesting. Yes. So so I'll share, I'll share my story because 
I, I have a bit of a different experience in Rachel in terms of psychic gifts. And so it was really interesting because when we were in the car on the way up to go to Nanaimo, I was talking with the girls and I was like, yeah, like, you know, so Lex and Tamara, our girlfriends, like they're very, they're very topped in. Like we're all just very topped in. And, you know, they were just sharing, like they have more of these visual experiences. Like, I feel like it's more of like a, a third eye connection, like seeing things and whatnot. And I was describing myself as like, yeah, I feel like I'm very just grounded in my knowing, like, I can't really explain how I know things. And my cognition is feelings. So it's like being able to just feel things like I can come in and sense the energy, like it's no one's business in a room. Like I just, I just fucking know things. and I don't really have a way of explaining it. Right. And so we are in the car, we're talking about this. And I was like, yeah, like I, I was kind of, I guess, bashing myself in a way I was like my way of connecting with with the intuition is like boring compared to yours like I don't see things and blah 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 anyway so we had this conversation it was sort of nonchalant and then we go and we do the reading and literally the second question that she asked me was like how do you connect with your intuition and I was like oh this is so funny like we literally just talked about this and I was like well I, I I meditate I journal I you know sometimes I go into the Akashic records like I do all these things and she's like Kayla you're literally always tapped in like you think you have to try hard to be tapped in but it's actually just always on for you and you, know, mm-hmm. you have this like very grounded way of being connected and I was like Oh, and it was really crazy because she reflected this back to me of just the way that I feel things and know things like I thought that I was going to have to like work so much harder, but it, it was it was almost like a two line experience, you know, being a six two, that two line, like it's very natural for me. And then I'm like not seeing it, but then she saw it and reflected it back to me. And then that was a way that I felt like I could connect with with my intuition and so I just thought that was so interesting you know when we when we went up and we got this reading and it was like well how do you how do you know these things right and how do you connect with your intuition and you know for me it was really interesting because when Rachel and I had the conversation and she was sharing with me about my branding I was like so open because I I obviously trust you right and I was just like yeah like tell me a bit about it and we didn't get too deep into it but I just remember we're like in Starbucks and Comox and you're like yeah like just this sort of earthy vibe like goddess vibes like kind of similar to what I was doing but just more like clean cut and then all of a sudden in August it was like I'm just gonna rebrand everything and did a photo shoot and it was just she slid into my dms and Rachel's like dude this is exactly what I was imagining. And I was like, this is genius. Like this is why, you know, intuitive gifts and trusting our psychic abilities in business is just such a, an incredible access point, you know? Yes, dude. It's so powerful and it's so beautiful. And like, I think that everybody is inherently intuitive, right? And I think that through conditioning and through your, you know, personal lived experiences, these you know, the, these gifts, right, that we all have access to, I think sometimes they get clouded or they get blocked. And it's through like these devotional practices of connecting with your body and your mind and your soul that you're able to start to like clear the cobwebs and like reconnect with what what is already inherently there. And it's so fascinating what the more, the deeper you go into like clearing those cobwebs, so to speak, that like other things start to like come alive. Like for example, my partner, Justin and I, like we telepathically communicate all the time, all the fucking time, right? And even like, like you just, you just know things, you just feel things. Like we literally will be thinking and saying the same thing at the exact same, like it's, it's wild. And it's like, 
but it's also like not because it's actually normal like these are things that we actually all have the ability to tap into and so i think that that is like a really important thing is like to not pedestal like people that are really tapped into these psychic abilities because you are actually like capable of tapping into them in your own way as well and it's just through these different these different practices that we can start to really go deeper and connect with these parts of ourselves yes oh my gosh and sometimes it is it can help having you know a tool or something to use to sort of access these things like I find when I really want to get into the records like I will literally I have an Akashic Records book and I'll use the prayer and I will like be very intentional in that moment and one thing that I've actually noticed is that with human design Mm. that for me is like a channel to intuitively interpret the system for someone Mm, and there's so many times where I cannot tell you how many times I've connected with a stranger where I know nothing about them and I'm like going through their human design chart and I'm talking about their gene keys and I'm able to just take the keywords of the shadows gifted city and just speak to them in a way where they're like that fucking makes sense and like how do I how do I know that I don't know yeah. this person you know what I mean every human design chart every gene keys you know illumination pathways of the sequences is so different for every single person and it's just so interesting to consider that it really does come down to trust Yeah, where I've definitely learned through the human design system, like, and especially having a completely open Ajna and open throat, it's like, okay, I can be very fluid the way that I express myself. And I trust that. And I'm like, this is my gift. Like I've owned that. Right. And so it's like, I feel like that's something that's, that's really powerful as well. And I'm just, I'm curious if you can share a little bit more, like, what do you feel? I mean, we talked about meditation and breath work, but what are some of the ways that you feel like have strengthened, let's say your confidence and trusting yourself with your gifts? Cause I feel like that's going to be a really common question that people will have listening to our conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So I think this is like very nuanced because I think every person is going to have a different way that they connect with this these parts of themselves right the first thing that i'll say is i think that it's really important to create space to connect with yourself point blank period like if you're somebody who is constantly like chronically stressed you're not taking time to like be with yourself you're not take creating space to like literally be in your being you're going to find that it's really challenging to a trust yourself because like you're not even within your body like you're literally not embodied like you're just operating in this like kind of like phonetic energy that's just like like all the time right so i think first things first is like actually creating space to connect and like you can pair that with a thing that you already do like for a lot of people they feel really connected like for example have you ever like heard people that they're like oh my god my best ideas come to me when i'm in the shower yes right (laughs) it's because like when you're in the shower you're like typically in a parasympathetic state of being your nervous system is more relaxed you're in water which is like a beautiful portal like you're able to like really be in your body but also like your channel is more open because you're not distracted by everything else like it's a very like embodied experience so for example it's like if you're somebody who is a parent or you know you have a lot of things going on and you're like i literally can't even think about sitting down for 20 minutes in the morning to like close my eyes and meditate like that's okay pair these things with something that you already do for yourself and make it a ritual like 
And sometimes what can be really powerful too is let's say like we're using the shower example, like maybe you have a desire to receive an answer about something that you've been contemplating, or maybe there's like something that you're seeking within yourself and you're wanting guidance, like set an intention before you step in the shower, be like my intention for this shower is to receive insert whatever. And like, let yourself be detached from what happens. Like, again, it's not about like forcing, right? We want to like be in a relaxed state and it's like giving the space for things to come through. And then the part around the trust, right? It's like, it's a practice. Like, just like, you know, you start going to the gym, you practice exercising, just like when you start doing yoga, you practice yoga. So it's practicing connecting to this part of yourself and seeing what feels true to you, right? Because I would wager that any person listening to this has some form of a connection and like a sense of what like what is a yes for them and what is a no and obviously depending on their human design that's going to look differently but as for example for me as a sacral being like i like know in my fucking core like when something's alive for me and then it's my job to trust my body over my mind like that's this consistent invitation for me it's like what feels to be true versus like what I'm thinking to be true. So that's one part, like another practical exercise of like learning to like feel what's a yes and what's a no for you is you can sit in a like a meditation, like so maybe just taking doing some like conscious connective breathing, like five seconds in through your nose, five seconds out through your nose, and just repeating that for however long, just to get into a more parasympathetic, relaxed state. And then what you want to start doing is you want to start asking yourself yes questions and asking yourself no questions. So for example, you'd want to start with yes questions to get a sense of what's a yes. So is my name Rachel? Yes. Do I live in Victoria? Yes. Is my husband's name Justin? Yes. Like you want to like literally ask enough questions that are an absolute yes that you can start to connect in your body what a yes feels like and then much to that you're going to do go through no no questions so is my name susan no like do i live in paris no like and like really getting that clear sense of like what's a no in your body And then what you can do is once you feel like you, and this might take, you know, this might take some, some practice, right? This might not happen the first time you do it. It's again, going to be different for everybody, but once you can get to that place of connecting with those yeses and those no's, then you can ask yourself a question of like, you know, do I actually desire to go on this trip? What is actually feeling like a yes or a no in your body? Is it a, I'm not sure yet. Okay, that's fine. We can work with a, that not sure yet as well. Um, so those are two like ways that you can go about it. And then when it comes to trusting, I think that it's putting it into practice, right? So for example, I, I had a client, like, what was it like a week or two ago? And I'm chatting with her in Voxer and I have this like very clear vision of her creating her own embodiment, like trademarked embodiment movement practice for shadow work. And I just like, and I, and like, she was a previous personal trainer. She's still very immersed in the movement world. And I just like had this like deep fucking knowing. And there was a sneaky part of my mind that was like, 
nah, like, I don't know, maybe that's just nothing. And I was like, no, Rachel, like this clearly dropped into your body for a reason. So I said, hey, I don't know if this is going to resonate with you, but I just had this clear vision of what I just shared. And she was like, holy shit, Rachel, I've been wanting to do that for so long. And I just didn't know if it was like the right move. But like hearing you say this, like, I feel so seen and she's a projector. She's a one, three projector. And it was just like, again, it's like through me actually enacting it, right? Like expressing it. I'm then given feedback that helps build the trust. So I believe confidence, right? Confidence comes from every moment we feel discomfort and we choose to be brave anyways. And we give ourselves embodied experiences that show us oh, I can do this thing or, oh, that's actually what happens. And, oh, I can trust myself. So it's like actually giving yourself the embodied experiences to start to feel like, oh yeah, that's really fascinating. That works. And I will say one caveat before I pause here is I've heard people say, well, I trusted my intuition and the thing that happened wasn't what I wanted. Here's the thing oftentimes what you're experiencing is preparing you for what you've asked for so just because the next thing that happens isn't exactly what your intuition said was going to happen doesn't mean that it was wrong it could just mean that you're actually on the path and you maybe need to go through some fucking shit to get to that that gold mine but it doesn't mean that your intuition was wrong I love this last bit that you just said about, you know, oh, well, I trusted my intuition, but then, you know, it took me down the wrong path. Like if that's just like a limiting belief, if you consider that is an ego reaction to a situation where you felt unsafe because you quote trusted something and it didn't go how you automatically assumed it would go. And I think that that's really important to just notice and have that awareness because it's a valid experience. It's valid to be like, oh my God, I trusted myself. I did this thing. It didn't go how I planned. And then you you start building a little wall because you don't want to be vulnerable like that again. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, like Rach said, it's like, okay, that could actually just be, you know, you're on the path, but now you need to like jump over a log to keep going on the path. Like it's, it doesn't mean that it was the wrong decision. And so again, I just, I, I, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, I just need to highlight that that is such an egoic moment that just came in there and started to self-sabotage the process. So I hope that that brings this awareness to people who just listened to that tangent because that was so genius. I love everything you just said. It was so good. (laughs) And, and you know what, one thing that I was thinking about too, is that I love everything that you just talked about, you know, all the internal and the embodiment processes of being able to connect more with their intuition and like generate that confidence and like start to work that muscle. And I also started to contemplate like, okay, what about our, environment because like when we look at so I'm obviously going to bring in human design a bit here that top left hand arrow on your chart is your digestion and it's your cognition like this is how you process information and it's dependent on your environment which is the bottom left arrow so your environment will allow you to process and digest it's like being able to have a regulated nervous system is the consequence of you being able to tap in and make decisions and like know what's best for you right so I was considering this and for me one of the things that helps me tap into my intuition like everything that Rachel said but also just me setting up my environment like I'm a shores natural environment and for me I love and being that feelings cognition like when I come into a room it's all about the energy 
And I noticed too, when I have these conversations with people about intuition or just like seeing spirits and intuitive gifts and all these things, I notice that energetically I start to open up because the environment is like welcoming me to be tapped in and I feel more sensitive in the room. It's really Mm -hmm. interesting. And so that's the other thing to look at too is environments. And so for me, it's like, you know, I came into my office today. I knew we were going to have this conversation, super stoked about it. And I did the usual thing. Like I lit some candles, like I've got my Himalayan salt lamp lit in the background. And it's like, I've got my essential oils because I just love just setting the stage. And I think that that's really important too, is looking at the kind of environment that you set up. So I'm curious because your market's internal, how, how do you set up your environment of like, whether you're doing coaching sessions or you're, you're meditating or you're just having a breathwork session? Like, I'm curious how you set up your environment that supports you mm-hmm. to leverage that, that inner cognition and that inner knowing that you have. Yeah, totally. So for my understanding, I only read about my markets internal, like, I think once or twice. And for my understanding, it's like, I like variety like you know when you think of a market like there's a lot of things happening and you have a lot of dis- like choices you can make and you're kind of like what like what kind of buffet do I want to eat at today and you're like pulling from all this different information and then there was also like some part that I recall around like if you're with a market's internal person like ask them like if you go to a restaurant like let them choose where you sit because they're gonna like feel into like where's the best vibe right so in my experience so even my house i'll give an example like my house is a fucking vibe (laughs) like i have set it up where every room i go into i feel like it gives me some something to respond to like my office is like really light and airy and there's plants everywhere and it's like very bohemian and very just like spacious and open which is really important for me because when i'm doing coaching calls or i'm facilitating hypnotherapy or when i do breath work like any of it like i need that openness so that my channel feels open And then, you know, my living room where my TV is, it's a little bit more like, it's still got the bohemian vibe, but it's a little bit more like darker and seductive. And it gives me kind of this permission to like relax. And it kind of feels like a little bit of a cave. And I'm like, oh, like I can really like get into like that relaxation state. And then my other, one of my other rooms, again, it's like really beautiful and expansive and there's a piano and there's plants. And like, it just feels like, it kind of feels like community to me. Like when I'm in there, like I picture like when all my friends are over and we're like sitting in a circle and we're talking and it's like, yeah, like I can feel like that, like energy of community. And then like even my back space, like it's like my bedroom, like all of my rooms, like, you know, are very set up in these ways that evoke a sensation because I'm very sensation based in my experience. So in that right like i also which is fascinating that you mentioned smells like smells are a fucking huge thing for me like i have essential oil stuff everywhere i love using incense i love using different like plants that you know i will use to um like you know burn for cleansing purposes and this is like something that i notice like even when when i go somewhere like what on our trip right when I came to our first Airbnb and I was like we're absolutely fucking not staying here like I can't do this right and then like even our second one we were both like no and it wasn't until our third one that we were like yes like this is the fucking vibe we both felt that but that's also a really good example right I remember even saying to him like the 
the energy, like the essence of that first Airbnb, I was like, oh, like I just can't be here. Like it just doesn't feel good to me. And so again, like the, the idea of like this market's internal, like again, like I'm still, like I'm not a human design mentor. So I'm definitely very much only learning based on my own stuff, but the ability to like choose like it's like again when you go to a buffet and you're like I have all of these options like and then I use my sacral to be like well what do I like really want right now like what would feel really delicious and like what would be really satisfying to me and then and that's kind of how I work in my house too like there are times where I'm like I could be like I could give a fuck about working in my office today I need to go to a cafe I need to be in a new environment. I need that, like, I need that, like, fresh aliveness that you would feel if you went to a market. So, does that make sense? Oh, a hundred percent. And I think it's so cool that it's funny because I, I could tell that unconsciously or just in a biased way, my brain was like, yeah, like our office. This is where we do work. And for me, my office is my is my sanctuary, and I don't typically work in the dining room or the or the mm -hmm. living room and so on. But then you started talking about your whole fucking house, and you're like, each room has a purpose and a different energetic experience. And I was like, that is so markets. <laughs> that makes <laughs> so much sense. And so I think for the listeners, like that's something to to consider. Like if you're someone that is on the journey and committed to looking at how you can enhance your intuitive gifts, so like pay attention to your environment because your intuitive gifts are this form of, of cognition, like literally mm -hmm. how you digest and process information and your environment needs to be ideal because you need to be in that parasympathetic state at that relaxed state where you feel safe to receive and be open. Right. Yes. So I love, I like love so much that we're bringing in the human design and we're talking about this, like, you know, from, from our own experiences and we both have like very different experiences as well. So I think that's such a prime example for the listeners, which I'm just stoked about. So yeah, good. dude. And like, sometimes my environment of choice is like going into nature, you know, like yesterday morning, I was like, I'm going to climb this little mountain and like sit on the top of it and feel my feelings and just stand and like let the wind caress my body and like have this full sensory experience and from that I came home and I danced and then all of a sudden like I had this massive intuitive download for what I wanted to share on Instagram that day so it's like literally working with these like natural parts of ourselves versus trying to force ourselves to do things it's like if I sit at my desk and I'm like, I have to, I have to write something right now and there's nothing coming through, like, that's bullshit. Like, I need to go move my body. I need to go do something that actually, like, feels fulfilling and satisfying so that I can open my channel to what wants to come through. Yes. And you know what? So the other day, Rach and I did a session. We we're talking about the gene keys. And I remember we we're looking at your purpose fear. And if I'm not mistaken, it's a three line. So you're, yes, your unconscious earth. And the, the, the keynote in the gene keys is movement, mm -hmm. right? And it was like in parentheses, it was talking about the movement of blood. And so it's really interesting how Rachel and I had this conversation that a lot of her channeling and receiving and things is from movement, like the way that you dance with music and just going into different spaces, going for hikes and so on. And so what's interesting for me is that in my purpose sphere is 15.2 and the two line is about posture. So mm. I find that for me, when I am like, let's say when I meditate in the morning, like I love to just sit on my mm. meditation pillow and have that literal posture within my spine and feeling my back muscles like activated mm. when, and I've got my shoulders pulled down and like, I'm holding that posture is a way that I really feel like I can receive. And I noticed too, is like something that I've always been drawn to is strength training. And I think strength training is like very, yes. it is like a very 
lateral, like, you know, up and down. It's not this crazy dynamic movement. And for me, like, that's what resonates with me. I Mm -hmm. love feeling the strength of like being in alignment. Right. And so I think that's really interesting. And we talked about this and I'm curious if you want to elaborate a little bit more, because that's like your purpose, fear in the gene keys is what is naturally opening up. It's like who you're being and, and how you're going to show up and share this with the collective, right? Mm-hmm. So do you want to talk a little bit about that too? I feel like this just like yeah. came into the conversation so beautifully. Yeah. So like so much of what I'm here to do in the world is around embodiment. Like my podcast is called the Embodied Leadership Podcast. My signature mastermind is called the Embodied Leadership Mastermind. Like so much of the work that I do in the world is helping people be anchored in who they are being as a leader and it's not just about what they perceive to be true about themselves or what they feel even it's how they're literally expressing themselves in the world right embodiment is the expression of something in visible form so in this it's like i have found in my life so when i was a like a child slash the first part of my adolescent years I was an athlete like I was supposed to play for like I think it was like I think team Canada has a field hockey team anyways I was on track to literally be a professional athlete now that's a whole other story in itself but movement had always been a part of my life and what's really fascinating is so I fell out of again like through the kind of darkness of like from ages like 12 to 20 um I fell out of movement for the most part. I did stuff here and there, but a lot of my like athletic movement desires like became overshadowed by a lot of my troubles. But part of my spiritual awakening came from me going back to the gym and I lost like 60 pounds. I was eating healthy for like the first time in years. Like I like I got, so I got kicked out when I was 16. And so I went through a lot of like not knowing how to take care of myself. And then I like started working. I was like started to be a supervisor at this like pita pit, was eating really healthy, started going to the gym. And then it was like my channel just like, bing, like just opened. And then what's really fascinating is that when I moved to Kelowna, I started working for Good Life Fitness and I started working in the fitness industry and I was like super devoted to movement. Like I did it pretty much every day. And it was, it was literally because of working in the fitness industry that I got introduced to the coaching industry. So it's like even be like, it's just like the breadcrumbs, right? It's like even from literally working in the fitness industry like that's the whole reason I even learned what coaching was and now like I'm and that literally is part of what I'm here to do in the world like coaching mentorship facilitating is literally how I fulfill my purpose of helping people so it's curious like the through line of movement and like you know not just you know fitness but literally movement and even now like it's so clear to me that so much of the work that I want to do continually is a lot of like somatic work, which is why I'm in this breathwork facilitator training. And I have things in the works that are going to be surrounded around like movement, like embodiment work, like physical embodiment work, which I do with my private clients already, but I haven't created like a container 
around it yet. So I have all of these things that are like being birthed into existence that are centered around movement and embodiment work. And so it, it's been so, and the curious thing is, is like, it's been so edgy for me. Like one of my biggest shadows in my life, this is where it's really interesting too. Some of my biggest shadows of my life have been around my body, right? Like have been around my embodiment. And I've gone through so much darkness and challenge and discomfort with my body in my life. And now it's becoming one of my greatest gifts that I'm expressing into the world and not in itself. And I always like to say, like your shadows are the wisdom keepers of your greatest treasure. So it's like the shadowy shit around my body has now become, is becoming like some of my greatest treasures for the world. And that is like incredible. I love this so much because the other thing that Rachel and I talked about, so her core wound in the gene keys is gene key eight. And this is about alchemizing, you know, your mediocrity into your own style and having this exquisiteness. Like it is about this self-expression of oneself. And I feel like, a lot of and even your purpose too because it's gene key 60 right the the limitation the shadow of limitation it's like being limited by your body especially that three line there around movement and then looking at okay but how can you come out and move your body in your own way like the way that you dance the way that you teach embodiment is very much your own style that comes to this point of like exquisiteness right which mm. is that highest expression and so this is such a prime example of you know, when we look at the gene keys, for example, it's not just like this one sphere is the only thing. Like I can see the interconnectedness of that purpose sphere and that core wound, which is like your vocation of like, how do you alchemize this limitation into your own style and being self-expressed because that eight is found in the throat center is like so genius. Like I love, and I love this. And I love what you said about you know, the shadows being the wisdom keepers to our gifts, right? Or I can't remember exactly what you said, but it's just like, I love this. And that's something else that I say too. I have my own version where it's like, I say that our shadows are our points of resilience. Mm -hmm. yes. That's like, it's like the backbone of how much shit you're designed to handle. You know, when I look at all the shadows in my charts, especially that conscious sun and earth, which I've been contemplating for so long, I look at turbulence and conflict. And I, when I get into a state of turbulence and conflict, I'm like, let's fucking go. Like, this is in me. It's happening. We're moving onward and upward. And I think that that's part of this journey of self-love, like the embodiment. Actually, you know, we could, we should go into a little tangent around, you know, we've, we've talked about this and I've seen you share about this too, of your messiness is like someone's medicine. Yeah. And it's like your messiness is part of your embodiment. And I recently yes. shared on Instagram how I feel like there's this desire in the world to constantly be this perfect space of embodiment, like always being the best version of ourselves. And there's this form of self-rejection when we're not inclusive of the days where we cry or we mm. feel like shit or we doubt ourselves and so on. And so I would love to hear your take on that. Yeah, dude. So I believe that like part of embodied leadership is like truly learning to hold the full spectrum of your humanity. And I believe that part of what makes us embodied leaders is dissolving the illusion of perfection and hierarchies and like 
and with not just within others but within ourselves too like where do we place certain parts of ourselves above others instead of looking at us as just this like fluid human who in one day may have a static energy and simultaneously feel limited like we all have these different ebbs and flows even just on a daily basis and it's like normalizing that right and I think it was like last week or maybe the week before anyways I made a post and I was like in the past 48 hours I've been in the depths of grief due to a family crisis. I've received like 19 something thousand dollars in in cash. I've signed a private client. And like, I just like basically was showcasing like in this 48 hour period, these are the things that I've held simultaneously. And in that, my intention is to, and I, and I, I feel like this is a part of, what I am here to do is to, to, to teach people to find the, the medicine in the mess. You know, I was even contemplating my gene keys, the gene key 56 today. And it was, um, oh gosh, what was it? It was the, oh my gosh, what the heck was it? The gate of storytelling. Yeah. 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 And it was like the highest expression oh my gosh enrichment enrichment yes yes and the the gift do you remember what the gift is yep. intoxication yeah and so the distraction it, yes so the part of what because i have the gene keys book and i was contemplating it in the gene keys book and it was even literally saying like part of your gift is to literally show like and they they said this in a bit maybe a more elegant way but turning like shit into gold it's like <laughs> your shit is literally medicine for people and like part of my job like my job in this world is to be like normalizing the humanness right and like let in like seeing how like you can take these raw real parts of you and like literally transmute it and alchemize it into gold and then like that gold is what you share with people and so in my business i believe that like so much of like my relatability comes from the fact that I'm willing to show my humanity. And like, I believe that we also want to really check in with ourselves about like the, I believe in sharing from intention always. So like, for example, I'm not going to go on video every time I'm crying and show people that, right? Especially if I'm in like the depths of my shit, like that might not be something that feels an integrity for me. But for example, I might have an experience where after I've felt my feelings and have a really embodied knowing with intention, hey, I'm going to sh- I'm going to take a picture of myself now that I've cleared what I've needed to clear and then maybe I show that instead. So again, it's like coming from this place of intention of like why am I sharing this and how is sharing this going to be supportive to my community, right? how what what is the what is the medicine in this right and so for example through my vulnerability i have clients who now feel within themselves that they don't need to be perfect they can totally forget what they say on a live and they're still lovable they can totally fuck up in quotes on a masterclass, and it's still valuable because maybe that 
again, quote unquote, fuck up was exactly what whoever was there live needed to see. And then we're creating this ripple effect of loving ourselves and embracing our humanity and dismantling shame, right? Shame is something is wrong with me. Guilt is I've done something wrong. We're dismantling that every time we decide to show up and love ourselves unapologetically and be like, yeah, this might be really edgy for me to share, but I know because I've attuned in my body and my intuition that the intention behind sharing this is supportive to my people. And therefore, I'm going to devote to being the brave human that I know I am and choose to walk with discomfort and befriend discomfort in order to create space for more people to see themselves and love themselves in their fullness, their wholeness, because I believe that we're here in our mission to help people return to that sense of wholeness. We're already whole, worthy, and wildly capable. That's inherent. That's our birthright. And it's like, again, it's like remembering that. And then like human beings have this persistent amnesia. We remember, we forget. We remember, we forget. We remember, we forget. And so why devoting to being an embodied leader is so magical is because you're the fucking lighthouse that helps people remember again and again and again and again. And then other people are that lighthouse for you. And then collectively together, we're rising all like alongside each other, eye to eye, heart to heart, soul to soul. So that's, that's why I share what I share. Such a beautiful tangent. I was just like sitting here, just like nodding and nodding and nodding. Like <laughs> in full agreement. One of the things that I really want to highlight for the listeners, especially if you're a one three, is like I've talked to a lot of one threes, and there's this there's this lack of certainty that I notice around trusting the process of experimenting and bringing in those bits and pieces into wholeness, and just really being proud and owning every little aspect. And I think that the way that you share and the way that you show up is such a beautiful example of like embodiment of like the one three, like I'm going to go and I'm going to go and experiment with all this shit. I'm going to dive in. I'm going to contemplate. I'm going to do this, this, and this. And the three line is like really there to unconsciously share like what it is that you've learned. And it's like this external, you know, externalization of the investigating the experience that you've had. And I love that you do this from such a full heart because I do see a lot of shame and just this doubt and just like I don't have all the answers I don't know all the things like how can I show up and I think that you're such a great example of somebody who's so embodied in the one three so anyone who's a one three listening to this (laughs) and knows a one three like really let that sink in because it just my heart just goes out to that because it's like the three Mm. line is not for the faint of heart like we talked about this (laughs) it's like (laughs) I'm literally designed to fail like hurrah let's fucking go It's like, throw me into the fucking deep end. Let's go. And I will say that letting myself, I remember the first time I heard the word experiment related to the three line and it felt so liberating to me because instead of feeling like this martyr, it was like, no, like I'm here to experiment. I'm here to trial and error so that I can take these beautiful findings and turn this messiness into gold. And then I'm sharing that with the collective and I'm helping people see like the best path. And so it was like 
a very yeah liberating thing for me to start to look at like yes the three line is fucking intense and like literally anybody that i've talked to that has a three line they're like man (laughs) it's a fucking journey sometimes and sometimes you're like holy shit like my fucking failures could eat your failures for breakfast (laughs) like literally there's moments where i'm like whoa but in the same breath i'm like what a gift because i'm resilient like I am literally at a point in my journey now because I've learned how to embody this part of myself where I'm like, if something doesn't work, there's 10 other fucking doors that are about to open. And like not it not working is actually good because from the not working, I can then be curious about what's not working and then refine what's not working and take another path and become an expert at that thing. So it's like, it doesn't mean that this is always easy because there are definitely days where I'm like, holy motherfucking shit. Like I literally cannot deal with this right now. But in my more, uh, yeah, balanced self, I am able to really connect with that part around experimenting. And that's been a game changer for me. Yes. Oh, I love witnessing this. And I think obviously Guillaume, like my boyfriend, he's a 6'3". Uh, splendid projector and like that three line like I just I'm like very familiar with it and the frustration or like the not self theme that comes up like sometimes somebody who has a three line I'll just ask them like are you giving yourself permission to experiment right now and usually mm. they're not because yep. they're trying to figure out everything first right yeah I think that that's really important is like that messiness that we talked about which is genius so mm. before we wrap things up today I always love to ask this question what is a piece of wisdom that you want to leave with our listeners Hmm. So the piece of wisdom that I want to leave is that every single thing that you experience is actually perfect. And I know the word perfect has like this weird connotation because we talk about, well, like dismantling perfection. But I mean this from the perspective of nothing is an accident. And as someone who has personally gone through a lot of fucking hard, fucked up shit, let me tell you that, like I mentioned before, the shadowy, challenging things we experience are the wisdom keepers of our greatest treasure. And so it's like taking these shadows, taking these challenges, the discomfort, the fear, and like turning it into liquid gold and then literally painting your reality with that gold. And it's like giving yourself full permission to mess up, to fail, to fall, and to like know that, and I mean, you've probably heard this so many times, but like you would never be like gifted something that you couldn't actually handle. And I believe that you would never be gifted a desire that you couldn't bring forth into the world. And so it's like your desires, the things that you know you're here to do are actually placed on the altar of your heart for you to fulfill. And so your job is to dismantle this like illusion that you can't. And that is something that is so brave and so bold and so brilliant because every time you feel fear it's an actual invitation to do the brave thing the brave the brave thing and and bravery wouldn't exist without fear so if you're feeling fear 
then you get to be brave. And through that bravery, you can create new worlds. And in those new worlds, you fulfill your purpose. And remember that your purpose isn't just about what you do. It's about who you are. And it's like you have almost like two purposes in the world. In the, in the world. You have your your one purpose, which is like, I am here to be and to express and to feel and to experience being human, right? And like, what does that get to mean for you? How does that, how is that expressed? And then you have your purpose that is usually around something bigger than yourself. And so trust what you see in front of you and know that every single thing you experience leads to the next thing into the next thing into the next thing and that there is no actual final destination because time is an illusion there's no past there's no future there's right now and so asking the question like who do i get to be right now and what do i choose to experience right now and what are the desires that i have and what is my next step forward so trust yourself and trust the love you feel and use those beautiful intuitive gifts as guidance because your intuition is your direct communication channel with the divine. That was brilliant. <laughs> that was that was a journey, not just a piece of wisdom. You just got taken on a wisdom journey, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you please share with our audience where they can connect with you in the online space? And I'm going to have these links in the show notes as usual. Yes. So my name was Rachel Fisher. I got married in August. So my new Instagram, because I actually started a brand new account, is at Rachel Meets, which is R-A-C-H-A-E-L, M like mother, E-E-D-S. My current website link is still rachelfishercoaching.com, which you'll have access to through the show notes. And then you can also find me at the Embodied Leadership Podcast across all listening platforms as well. So good. Oh, thank you for coming on and having this conversation with me. I feel like we just always have the best conversations and I'm like so grateful for you. My pleasure. And thank you so much. And thank you to everyone that's listened as well. I really appreciate you. And you can feel free to send me a DM if you want to connect. And yeah, thank you so much, Kayla. I love you so much. And I want to thank the listeners too for tuning in, of course. And yeah, so be share this on social media, tag us, shoot us a DM. We're totally open to hearing your thoughts. And I hope that you enjoyed this tie-in of psychic abilities, intuition, and talking about embodiment on like so many different levels. It was such a beautiful conversation. So please be sure to subscribe to the channel. You can take a moment to leave a review. That would be amazing. And I'll chat with you in the next episode.